0: Hey everybody, it is June 30th and I'm in beautiful Chicago. We're at Lenny United and the Fire played to a 0-0 draw at Soldier Field here on Saturday and a game that really didn't have a whole lot of quality chances, a whole lot of quality scoring opportunities. So we're going to kind of sum up the game pretty quickly and then go into some audio from Gonzalo Pineda, from Caleb Wiley, and from Vice President Carlos Bocanegra talking about Diego Almada, because of some things that happened and were said on Thursday and not said on Thursday. And then I'm going to go into some conversation that Pineda and I had after the uh, tape recorders were turned off and Zoom was turned off. But he granted me permission to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to go into some of that. Then we'll go into a break and then we'll go into the mailbag. So let's sum up this game real quick. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United news now so again it's a pretty dull game 0-0 most games that are 0-0 are dull atlanta united finished with uh, 1.33 expected goals to chicago 0.98 chicago did have a goal by and Shakiri taken off because of offside against chicago or against Shakiri, that came after review by our good friend referee timothy ford uh, Atlanta United had 13 shots, only two on target. Chicago with 15, only three on target. Atlanta United was shut out for the sixth time, I believe it was this season. But the defense um posted its fourth shutout. Atlanta United was shut out for the second consecutive game. It's only scored three goals in its past five games. It picked up just six points in the month of July and fell to one, seven and three away from Mercedes-Benz stadium, six, nine, and seven. Overall, It has won just two of its past 12 games. So that's a whole lot of numbers. I just threw at you. Um, really a couple of players stood out. I thought Parata, Juanjo Parata played really well, or Juanjo Parata played really well as center back. I thought Arahujo made some things happen. Almada made some things happen for the team. But really, you know, it's a 0-0 zero, zero draw. It's one point. And at this point, that's kind of tough. But here's Pineda talking about the positives and the negatives from today's game.
2: Well, I think uh, we, we were positive in many things that we said we were working. We were working and being solid the first few minutes to be in control of the game to dominate in possession, to create more and better chances. I felt today we create more and better chances. I think the sensation is at the end they have this overload in terms of numbers, but we also, we were tougher in those moments. How many times we've been conceding goals, easy goals uh, in those situations. And today I like the passion and the intensity that the whole team showed, especially at the end of the game with a lot of changes and a lot of things. I felt that it was a positive uh, performance. Then, obviously, we always want to win, but it was a positive performance for me.
0: So right now, Atlanta United is getting a little bit of help in the standings. Uh, They remain just three points back of the playoff line, but there's still a lot of games being played right now, so I'm not going to go into the whole table because it's going to change by the time this podcast posts. Here is Caleb Wiley. I asked him if if this is a point from which you can build momentum because the defense got a shutout.
3: Yeah, it's very uh, big for us. Um, I mean, as a as a defender and being on the back line, that's what we want—a shutout. Um, but you know, I think the other important thing is scoring the goals, and that was something we were missing today.
0: So, Atlanta United has now played 22 games. It has 12 games left. Is one point good enough on the road right now? And here's Pineda's answer.
2: Well, it's, ne- it's never good enough. I mean. I felt that in the way we've been playing in many games again, I felt that we deserve a little bit more. And uh, obviously, we always want to win. Now, with the situation, we were coming here after you know a loss, a very, very uh, bad loss, in my opinion, the last one. Uh, we needed to to not to lose. We needed just to be stable, solid. I think the performance was very positive. This point can build something again. You know, Saunders at home, we should go from the starting and trying to get the three points and then we can earn some momentum. So at times these type of ties uh, bring some momentum into the team in terms of the intensity and the togetherness. That's what I want. I wanted today the togetherness and it was it was very solid.
0: And here's Caleb Wiley talking about if one point is good enough on the road right now.
2: I mean, no. As of right now, no.
3: Um, I think we were winning three points, and that I mean, everyone was winning three points. Um, but I mean, if if we're not, if we're away, if we're not winning, we can't lose. So I mean, a point is a point, and we'll take it.
0: So it, it looked like Luis Arjujo kind of was playing as a right wing back today um, when the lineups came out and when the game first started. But here's Pineda talking about that.
2: Yeah, uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't okay. a wing-back. Uh, I know at times because the way we built with three, it, it seems like he's the wing-back, but it, it was And Actually, when we were defending, we were in the back four. He was a winger, it was more of a 4-2-3-1, but then okay. uh, in possession. We've been doing that continuously, even the first part of the year. We were doing that with, at times with Andrew, at times with Brooks. So um, it was more of a back four, uh, but it was more the idea to try to keep Luis isolated one v one against the left back, uh, and at times I felt that he could have had some some good chances there, uh, but that was that was the plan.
0: And so then I asked him about Santiago Sosa, who got his first start in a long time, and I'm going to write a story about him that you can find tomorrow on the AJC. You can find it on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC. And Panetti was a little bit pointed in his answer, and we're going to get into that a little bit more when we start talking about Diego Almada.
2: Well, again, I have to put this in context because at times my words are taken out of the context, and at times I have to do better at explaining my words, because we have to explain that Santi is coming from a surgery in the off-season, then he had a little complication during the 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 season he didn't have a, a pre-season so he had to go through the process and then again injured and then that you know sickness that he had so he lost three weeks of training and physically he needs to come back to who he was last year. It's not easy after all of these things that I explained. So at times when I put Santi just a minute, it doesn't make sense to people, but I have to look at the day-by-day data, how he recovers from the efforts in the training sessions, and then I can see how many minutes I can put him in the game. Now, in this moment, the way Santi's been training and recovering from the training sessions that he puts I feel very confident he can play 90 minutes. So that's why now he was, in my opinion, available for 90 minutes. Uh, so, and I felt that that pair last year gave us a lot of stability. Santi can play as a center back at times, can cover a little bit for any gap that we have on the back line. He's very solid offensively. He sees the longer passes. So the idea was to try to have a little bit more balance between Rosetto, who's more of a playmaker, and then Santi more the true six, true holding midfielder that can give balance to the team. And I felt he was very good today.
0: So we're going to get into that in just a minute. That was Pineda trying to make a point regarding some things. And I think uh, it was pretty clear the point he was trying to make. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And then I asked him about Andrew Gutman, who made a return after being out for about three months, two months. How did he think Andrew did the day?
2: I felt that he, he looked good. Obviously, again, he's coming back from uh-huh. injury. I had kind of a timeline for him, maximum minutes, and it was, it was very good. I felt like uh, he did a very good job at coming back, solidifying the back line. And again, he's out of freedom, so he yeah. needs to get that back. But uh, I'm very positive about his, his comeback.
0: Now, with Gutman coming back, it means that Caleb Wiley can move up and play left wing. So I asked him is that exciting for him?
3: Yeah, for sure. I always love attacking and being a part of that um, attacking side of the game. Um, I think it's something that I still have um, room for improvement, but also to know that I have Goodman behind me um, has, has been really good.
0: And I asked Wiley about the issues, the offense shut out now two consecutive games, shut out for the sixth time this season, despite having a lot of attacking talent on the field today.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a good question. We have, I mean, all the great, all great players playing on the field at the same time. Um, But I think just having, just getting that, that, that last, that last pass down, that last touchdown in order to, to set us up for the goal. Um, And I think, you know, moving forward, we'll, we'll, you know, in training this week, we'll, we'll work on that stuff.
0: Vice President Carlos Bocanegra, I think this was his first interview since the season started, he typically does not like to talk once the season gets underway with a couple of exceptions, but he uh, gave an interview to the team's radio partner, not to us, but to the radio partner. And so that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit, because if you got something to say, say it to the people asking the questions, not to the radio partners, because they're not going to, they're typically not going to ask you tougher questions. It's, and that's not a knock on Mike Conti at all. He's paid by the team. He, you know, has to lean a little bit toward the team, and so that's not a knock on on Mike. But Bocanegra was interviewed by um, Conti, I believe it was Conti, and he was asked, "Is it true that Tiago Almada was benched for attitude reasons?" Because that was a tweet put out by um, one of the guys who covers the team.
1: To be honest, it's a it's a pretty frustrating narrative. Um, You know, I think a couple individuals, for whatever reason, um, take assumptions and take maybe little tidbits that they get from, I don't know, if it's direct messages or messaging players or people around the club, around the staff, but uh, that's completely not true. Um, And again, frustrating on one, he's a great kid. Uh, He trains extremely hard. Yeah, has a good
0: attitude to me that sounds a little paranoid about direct messages from players in the front office or on the team but whatever uh here's Bocanegra talking about that he's not happy with what's being said about tiago Almada. he has
1: a strong personality he's a top player he's going to go play for a top club in europe at some point in his career and so for me it's really disappointing to hear this narrative out there that all of a sudden he's he's a bad person and he doesn't train hard and he has an attitude. So, you know, these are things we can't control, but it's just as as a young kid who just turned 21, he's taken it upon himself to get a private chef. Uh, You know, he takes care of himself in in the chaining ground. Um, That's just not fair to the kid uh, uh, to have those rumors out there or this narrative out there.
0: And here's Bocanegra talking about how would he characterize Tiago's relationship with the team and the technical staff.
1: Yeah, good. No, he's a good kid. He fits in. Um, obviously, you have got a, a pretty big South American contingent uh, in the squad, uh, as well as you know some of the the, um, the other guys in the group. And so good, he fits in like like all the other players. Um, you know, coaching staff Gonzalo all him. Have, have long conversations all the time. Um, but you know, he, he's a he's a special talent, and, and I think that's where any coach. Uh, especially one like Gonzalo who cares about the players, who cares about pushing them along, he's always going to challenge him. You know, you're a top player, can you get better in training, right? You're, you're, a, you know, you're one of the, the top performers in training, but can you do that every day at an even higher level? Um, you know, because we, we see he does have a, a big future ahead of him. So, um, again, I, I don't want to paint the picture where he's just kind of separate on his own and he's the only one that gets attention. Gonzalo gives all these guys attention, so is the coaching staff. But um, you know he's, he's someone that has a good relationship with the players, good relationship with the staff, and people around the club like him as well.
0: Okay, so let's do a quick, quick review. After the LA Galaxy game, I asked Pineda why Almada didn't start because he came in and I thought made a, a big impact in the Orlando game. And Pineda's answer was a little bit about, well, I only have three midfield slots. um, So I didn't choose Almada, but I'm going to review the film and see how he played. And we'll go from there. So on Thursday, the next chance we had to talk to Pineda, I asked him, did you review the film? What did you see? And, you know, will Almeida basically, is he going to start? And Pineda, talked about well you know there're some th- reasons he didn't start for things that y'all can't see so when a manager says that to a journalist antennas will go up all right and so then Sam followed up well was it professionalism was it skill set is that why Moreno starts uh, is starting ahead of Almada and he said it's everything so then the antenna go up high because when a question is asked about skill sets and professionalism and his answer starts off with it's about everything, then there are assumptions that are going to be made. And he went on to talk about Almeida is a fantastic player, et cetera. So this is what happened today. After the tape recorders turned off, after the zoom was turned off, Pineda and I had a conversation. He said I could use excerpts from this conversation in the podcast today. So he said he wanted on Friday to talk to Mike Conti about Almada in the production meeting because he felt that how his words were used, he was making the player look bad, and that was not his intent at all. He understands how what he said was used, why it was used the way it was used, but he has absolutely no problems with Almada. He said he's a fantastic professional. He said he goes to English lessons twice a week. He has told Pineda, yes, he wants to go to Europe, but he wants to win a championship with Atlanta first. He wants to play as well as he can for the team, win a title, because if he doesn't do that, then he can't go to Europe. If you watch him in training, that little bit of times we've been able to watch him in training. He always stays late after and participates in the the kind of free kick shootouts they do. As Bocanegra talked about, he he busts his butt in training sessions. Now, the excerpts that Bocanegra talked about, it would have been nice had we gotten that information from somebody, either after the Galaxy game or on Thursday, to use in stories. I'm always happy to use more context, and we didn't get that. Pineda also referenced that Almeida has been sick. He said after the, I think it was the um, Real Salt Lake game, He was sick for two days. So that's why he didn't start against Orlando. And because the team, he thought the offense played well, he wanted to keep some continuity in the starting lineup. That's why the same guy started against the Galaxy and Omeda came off the bench again. He said he didn't want to put that out there to the press because he didn't want it be considered as an excuse. And I I told him, well, it's not an excuse. It's a fact. The player was sick. All you have to do is say that. Uh, An excuse would be, I thought he was sick or I think he's sick. No, he was sick. It's a fact. It's not an excuse. So we had a really good conversation about the context of Thursday's interview and, and why my perception of his answers based upon what he said and didn't say. And he said he understood. And I need to remind y'all, he's still a basically a first year head coach. He's learning how to deal with the media, learning how to deal with the press. And this is part of the learning lessons. So, I'm curious to see how it works going forward. I would again say that if Atlanta United doesn't like something that's written, go to the person who wrote it. Don't go to team-affiliated media. You may be mad, but it's the best way to get stories cleared up. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. We're going to a break. And we're back. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we're also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. I apologize if my diction isn't as clear as usual. I've been up since five o'clock. It's been a long day and I'm getting a little bit tired and I've still got two stories to write, but we're going to go into the mailbag. Joshua says, and this is a fantastic question. If you could eliminate one Atlanta United DP and replace that player with an ideal DP player of any position, who would you eliminate and what position would you fill with an ideal DP? Thank you for all you do, sir. I enjoy your content. Well, it's a fantastic question. And the answer, I don't, I'm not trying to be controversial with the answer, but the team needs goals. So I guess I would turn Joseph Martinez from a DP into a TAM player, and I would sign a goal score, a proven goal scoring striker because Atlanta United has got to get some goals. It now, it's average in road games on goals. It was already less than a goal. It was like 0.90 per game. It's going to drop even further after they were shut out today. They have some tough road games upcoming. They need goals at home. Goals change games, as Brad Guzan says. They need goals to get wins. That's what I would do. Adam says, it looked like a beautiful day in the Windy City. It was. It's a beautiful night, too. As I look out the window from the 32nd floor of the Marriott Marquis here, if you traveled for this one, I hope you got no joy more than just the match. I will not be able to, but that's okay. Perata has proven to be a shrewd pickup, and today was arguably the strongest overall def- for the Atlanta defender. I agree with that. Being fair, the whole unit played well. I don't. Ag- well, I I agree with that for some parts of the game. There were some parts where they got really, really loose and got really, really lucky. For all our gripes about Atlanta's front office woes we can't ignore their efforts to try and build these roster on mls budgets on paper everyone lauded at united's dp acquisitions and getting players like lynn gutman and heineman have shown the higher ups can get it right at times and are indeed trying to respond to team needs credit were due and i'm grateful we can see parata in atlanta yeah i thought parata had a, had a really solid game today he won a lot of headers made a couple of key tackles Got involved in the offense when he could get involved in the offense. You know, Gutman, uh, before his injury, was a solid player. Hyman, before his injury, was a solid player. Lennon, before his injury, was a solid player. So it's, it's tough to build budgets on MLS rosters, and it's really, really tough when players go down with, with tough injuries because you can't just go out and replace them. He continues, Araujo was much more effective today in large part because of Almeida's presence. But I also think Sosa worked well with Huzetu in managing defensive roles in the midfield, which minimized the amount of territory Lu- Louise had to cover. Territory that Louise had to cover. Um, I'm still trying to figure out Huzetu. You know, there were some times today I was looking at at potential passes that just weren't made by him. He had a couple of bad, bad turnovers that gave Chicago some chance creating opportunities. I don't know if it was just one bad game, but he's a player that with a few of the midfielders they're just very very similar in their skill sets and i look at them and right now it's what value do they add how are they helping the team win games and it's tough to see i thought sosa played decently for his first start in 3 months hazetu struggled a little bit sosa missed some passes in the second half that resulted in turnovers and killed attacks that was tough but it's just it's a, it's a hard thing right now And I tweeted earlier that I think Atlanta United probably needs to tweak its scouting algorithm because it seems to be getting the same types of players over and over again. But, you know, they're also having to work around injury, so that's tough too. Matt says, it ain't going to happen this year, is it? I said today, I tweeted today that I thought they had to win to make the playoffs. They didn't win, but they're getting a little bit of help right now because they're still just three points behind the playoff line. Now, there are one, two, three, four, five teams between it and the playoff line. That's going to be tough. But if they can get on a winning streak, that turns it around. But they are 22 games into the season, and they've yet to win two consecutive league games. It's just, I guess you want to think it can happen, but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. At least there are some good concerts at the Cold Coldplay was amazing. Does your press pass work for those? No, it does not. It really does not. And I'm not big on... Big venue concerts. I'm much more the Fox or the Tabernacle type of a guy. Chance says, "Hey Doug, I hope Soldier Field in Chicago are treating you well, and I highly recommend stopping by Portillo's if I'm pronouncing that correctly while you're there. I wish I could." As far as United's performance tonight, we finally didn't let up a goal, great, but we also didn't score, not great. Are we just unlucky, not finishing the chances we had, or does our offense need more work creating more scoreable opportunities? Thanks always for your takes. It's late. So I hope you're enjoying a delicious non-caffeinated beverage. Remember decaf coffee still retains small traces of caffeine. Well, I didn't know that chance, but thank you. I think it's a combination of unlucky. I think it's, it's still some decision-making. There were some times today when I was sitting in the press box, watching Atlanta United have an opportunity to one touch a shot and instead try to pass and then pass again. It's like, you can't, Score if you don't shoot. And I keep saying that, and I get kind of tired of thinking it, but it just keeps happening. It's just take a shot, man. Stop trying to play that last pass. Take a shot. Diego Almada did take the shot and somehow missed it right at the end of the first half. I think everybody was stunned that he didn't put that on goal. The back corner was gaping, right-footed. All he had to do was curl it in, and he put it wide. Captain Redbeard, and I'm really curious to know, is that a reference to the new Sherlock Holmes or is that just an old pirate nickname? Says, in the way Major League Baseball teams are either buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, Atlanta United need to be active sellers before the transfer window closes to open up roster spots and cap space for the next president to rebuild. I like the idea, I just have no idea who they would trade. They probably have one asset, that is, uh, but he doesn't have a big salary and that's Marcelino Moreno. You can't trade Heinemann right now. He's, he's hurt. Gutman just came back from an injury. Sosa just came back from an injury. Maybe you can trade his but I don't see too many MLS teams going for him at that salary. So I just, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Adam says pending results of this game. Well, we know it ended in a draw. Will Atlanta only have one win in each calendar month? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, They actually, yeah, they only have one. One in July. That's not great. They had one in June, one in May, two in April, one in March, and one in February. That's not the kind of calendar that you uh, want to put chocolates in and treat the kids to at the uh, end of the year. Doug, not me, another Doug, says, any sense of chemistry between Pineda and the team? Given all the lineup changes and comments, it feels like he's trying to establish his approach to player management. Well, again, I'm going to point out 20 different injuries have robbed players of multiple games this season. You look at the back seven that started today, Rios Novo wasn't on the roster at the beginning of the season. Parato wasn't on the roster at the beginning of the season. Was it going to be Franco as a starter or George Campbell? Well, they both started because Miles Robinson is gone for the season. Gutman with the team for the first time this season. Sosa making his first start in three months. Is that too? Was he going to be a starter at the beginning of the season? I don't know. It was either going to be Sosa or Razi Alonso. He's out for the season. It's just, Pineda's working with Band-Aids right now. Now, that's defensively. Offensively, Joseph wasn't himself at the beginning of the season, then left because of surgery, come back. It's finally starting to look a little bit better, but isn't scoring. Almada missed the preseason for the most part because of visa issues, then had his suspension, then came back. Araujo scored a goal against the uh, the very first game of the season, then got injured. He's just now back. Moreno missed most of the preseason because of a foot injury. It's it's tough. But he's starting to get these players back. Now it's time to build consistency. And then last question, Mark says, after another disappointing performance by our team, I was wondering what needs to change to get this organization remotely close to where we once were. We are so far removed from the beautiful attacking style of football our team had in the beginning. We lack leadership and, more importantly, chemistry for this team to be successful. We have the most expensive roster, yet we have not displayed anything remotely close to what the 17s expect. The roster value does not match the results. It feels like we've been on the decline, whether it's a player roster or coaching hire, since our 2018 into 2019 season. What needs fixing? Well, the phrase that I often use regarding this team these past two seasons are... That consistency breeds chemistry, which breeds confidence, which breeds results. So if Pineda can keep these guys healthy, roll out the same starting 11s, and let's just see what happens. I do agree that the team lacks leadership. I think there's not a lot of locker room leadership. Uh, It it seems like maybe there's not. I, I described it to another person today. It's kind of a foxhole mentality and accountability. It may be there. I and I, I don't know. Cause we don't get to see the locker room in those moments. But I want to tell you to be patient, but I understand why you're not patient. And, you know, it's not fun for me to write the same basically story after all these games. And it's the basically the same story after all these games. That's not fun for me either. Uh it would be nice for the team to either, you know, roll off some wins or just totally go into the tank. It would give me something different right about. I don't, you know, I'm not rooting for either of those things. I'm just telling you for storylines, I guess it would be more fun or not more fun. It would just be more challenging, I guess, than, than right now. All right. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Find me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigat, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
1: I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. We wanna hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal Constitution.